The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hot, hot, hike! Thursday for us, Dylan, because we have not been able to talk to everybody about the wonderful game against the Patriots that happened on Monday night. Um, again, Making Monsters is all about the young guys, the first contract guys on the Chicago Bears, and there's a lot of them right now, and a lot of them showed up on I Monday. mean, it was, it was the most fun I've had watching a Bears game in years. It's, yes. I mean, at least since 2018. Yes. So it's been a long time, and it was a lot of fun, and like, the defense was making plays, the offense was making plays, and like to our, for something good for us, it was pretty much all the young guys were doing stuff. You had Jaquan Brisker with the big pick, Kyler Gordon got one at the end. Yeah. And then on offense, you had Kyler, or not Kyler, um, Justin Fields, and you had uh, Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert just running their asses off. Yeah. So it was, it was a great game to watch. It was so much fun. And then even when you look at the offensive line, Braxton Jones probably had one of his, if not best game of the season. Tevin Jenkins had a good game. Um, we saw some injuries though, because Lucas Patrick came in, we were finally like, okay, Lucas back at center, like the the world's supposed to be. Um, and that lasted very short. And then Sam Mustafer back in Schofield was at that right, uh, the left guard position. Um, so that mixed things up. Now we found out Larry Borum has a concussion. So we'll wait to see more about that, what the line's going to look like, but still we have guys like Braxton and, Tevin, who had a good game. So almost every name, that every person that had a super impactful game was a young guy. And we can even talk about Justin Jones. Justin Jones had a great game. Justin Jones isn't a technical first contract because we got him from some... I think it was the Chiefs. Chiefs. I want to say it was the Chiefs. But I think he's still only in... He's year, in his mid-20s tops. Like he's like 24, 25. I don't I want to say he only played he two years previous. Yeah. Um, that's still a young guy. It's not like technically he probably one will like fully go in depth on for an episode just because he's not a guy drafted by the Bears or undrafted, you know, picked up know, in that, yeah, yeah. that draft season by the Chicago Bears. But it was so much fun. And I... We were texting, obviously, during it because it... I was, it was like 10 nothing, and I'm like, wow, like this looks pretty good. And then Mac Jones goes, gets benched, and Zappy comes in, and they score two touchdowns pretty, what felt like, in 45 seconds. Yeah. Um, and we, you were like, okay, maybe we were uh, spoke too soon. And I was like, oh, gosh. But, re- I mean, I think Bailey Zappy literally ended with the perfect 
passer rating at halftime, and then it was just downhill after half. Um, so it, he just couldn't find do anything. And now the question is, did they take Mac Jones out too early because that interception hit a, a wire from the sky cam or whatever? That's like the controversy now. But I don't want to hear it because moments before that, he kicked Jaquan Brisker in the junk. So I think we call it karma. If um, if we want to say that. But anyways, I think it was great. And it, it was like exactly what the Chicago Bears needed at this point. Uh, week seven, we're not quite through the, halfway through the season now that the season's even longer. Um, but we've seen improvement from so many guys. We've started seeing some consistency from other guys. And I think at that point, at this point, Dylan, this that's what we could ask for. Yeah, I don't think it's just the players getting comfortable. I think it's the coaching staff getting comfortable. Sure. I mean, you look at the play calling this last week. It was something that you had not seen pretty much at all to this point. I mean, you had Justin going out of the pocket, throwing on the move, and they were designed runs for the quarterback. Yeah. And not only did they call them, they worked very well. Yeah. And like I think they even said later in the press conferences, they spent the last week really looking at how the Ravens use Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And yeah. I think Lamar is a better runner with the football than Justin is. Not by a ton, but he's, mm-hmm. he's insane. Yeah. But I do think Justin's a better passer than Lamar is. So I, hopefully the idea is, Use the running while you can now, mm-hmm. but you know, bring him along a little bit slower in the pass game, a little bit pa- a little slower in the pass game, and like eventually he'll get to the place where he's that elite passer. Yeah. But right now he's so athletic, he's so good to go with the ball in his hands. So like, just let him do his thing. Yeah. And like they let him do his thing on Monday, and it was so much Great. fun. Great. And that's what I agree. I think that Luke Gutsy, like you, he, you definitely saw an improvement here. You can tell they took those eleven days and they put in work, and it really showed. Um, hopefully that continues. I hope it just doesn't completely plummet against Dallas this weekend where we're back just sitting there like, what the heck? But even I had people here at 1010XL sit there and tell me on helmets and heels on Tuesday, your guys' receivers aren't that bad. Like, they looked pretty good. And I was like, people are set, like people outside of Chicago are saying that now. So they're doing something right. They're they're making things work. We saw Equinemius with a few catches. We saw Nikhil Harry with the, his first and only catch, but it was for 14 yards. They're both really good at blocking. Also, they're really good blocking wide receivers. So that helps in certain aspects of the game. Um, I, I, I think that it, it's progressing. And if it continues to progress this way, I'm not expecting a 33-14 game every week, obviously. That's just unrealistic. Yeah, especially like 30-14 is more realistic, I would say. Let's yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, and honestly, because the margin of victory this year is only 8.4. Like, yeah. Teams are only winning on average by 8.4 points. And that's and, scoring a lot either. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a just, down year. It's, it's weird. just what the numbers are doing in the NFL. I don't know if that's just be. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning for that. It may also adjust. You know, the first seven weeks, I think, of the NFL – you're really figuring teams out. There's new quarterbacks all over the league. There's new wide receivers that have all switched up. There, uh, people are starting to get injured now. We're getting to that point of the season where you're seeing injuries all over the season, all over the NFL, which I think has been like opposite for the Bears. The Bears started super banged up and are now getting healthy, aside from the offensive line. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it was just a, it was a great time. So we we obviously on the we usually pick a guy and we highlight that guy and that's our monster for the week. And uh, this week though. We are kind of working on someone special, and we have a big guest coming on, and that guest could not join us until next week. So we kind of decided to push that one. And so this week we're just doing a kind of, I guess we could say halfway to bye week because our bye week's not until week 14. So we just finished seven weeks. I know. But we are halfway to that bye week, and we just had the first game that I think every Bears fan has felt like it was the most complete game we've played. It was this the season. most fun yeah. to watch. 
without a doubt. So we just kind of want to take a look now and um, highlight some of these guys that have stood out. We talked a lot in the offseason of our expectations of certain players and who we're looking, who we're intrigued by and who we think needs to step up and who we think is going to perform or who we're worried about, whatever. So we're going to kind of address some of those things and compare them to where we are now. Uh, but we also had breaking news yesterday. And it was this, pretty funny for us, honestly. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, Robert Quinn traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, and good for him. Philadelphia Eagles are on it right now. He's potentially on his way to at least a good postseason run. Um, it's kind of funny just thinking about how the New York Giants are playing right now, and it just so happens they're playing like that when the when the Eagles aren't losing. You know, like the Giants finally have a good season after so long. And the Eagles are like, well, we're not going to lose, though. So and not to mention Dallas. They're they're pretty damn good, yeah, too. That that's division's true. That not That division terrible. went from probably one of the worst last season to one of the best. It is no longer the NFC least. It is now the NFC beast. <laughs> yes, so. that's good. That's good. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of funny because I was sitting up talking to you in your office, and I was like, okay, I have a feeling Robert Quinn's going to be gone. And I was talking about because on Helmets and Heels the night before, I literally made a comment. Coach Campo was talking about how good the Bears played, and he was bragging and bragging about how good their defense is and what he likes from the defense, and he mentioned Robert Quinn. So in that, I literally was like, well, I don't expect Robert Quinn to be here, to be honest with you. And I, and so when I was up there talking to you, I'm like, maybe like he had a good game Monday, and that's helped You know, Ryan Poles get some compensation. Maybe he's getting some phone calls. No joke, Two as minutes. I turn around and I leave from your office after this conversation, you're like, Taylor, Quinn was traded. And I was like, shut up, what? And so it happened. Um, fourth rounder, how do you feel? I mean, I'm pretty overall satisfied with what we got. Um, before the season started, I was banging the Trey Robert Quinn drum. Back then, I probably would have been more happy with like a second or third rounder. Mm-hmm. But the way he's played this year, he hasn't played super well. Um, he's still got a couple, I think a, two years on the contract, maybe one more after this one. I'm not entirely sure on that. We do have to pay him this season, mm-hmm. but that did result us in getting a better draft pick, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, it's like uh, seven point something this yeah. season, um, but the rest, nothing. Like, yeah. we don't have to pay him after that, yeah. and we got a fourth round. So, I mean, like, I'm pretty okay with that, and, like, overall, like, I'd say it's a win-win for both teams. Uh, yeah. The Eagles just lost. I'm for kind of blanking out his full name. Michael Barnett or Barrett. He's a good pat- mm-hmm. rusher for them. They just lost him for the season. I yeah. think he had a torn Achilles. So, they got Robert Quinn to replace him, and the Bears get a draft pick, and we need a lot of draft picks, and... It was pretty clear. I mean, we've been saying it before the season started. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn's like, what, 32? Yeah. He's not a long-term part of this Bears future. It really did suck that it kind of happened the way it did with Roquan, and like he's yeah. a big part of the locker room and all of that. But unfortunately, it is a business. And as Ryan Pohl said the other day, like you hate to mess with a locker room vibe. And like yeah. you know, having a big leader like that is important. But at the end of the day, he feels like he made this football team better going forward. And I have to agree with him. Yeah, I do too. And I think that I... And I know, like, you were the one that was kind of this offseason, like, trade Quinn, trade Quinn, trade Quinn. And I was kind of like, let's wait until the season gets in because I want, I, I just think you usually, I don't know, honestly, if we would have even got a fourth in the offseason because people aren't there yet. People, like, don't need a guy. Usually around this time is when a team loses a guy from an injury and is like, okay, now we need this older pass rusher. Yeah. And honestly, as I just said, like, the Eagles, they lost. I- I'm so annoyed I can't remember his name right now, but they lost their edge rusher and uh-huh. they had to get someone else. And yeah. so like that's a great point right there. Yeah, and I, I think that so who knows? Who knows what would have happened in the offseason if they did. But I just think that it it played out well for both people. I think that Ryan Poles um got a fourth round pick out of it and that now we're are we're building draft capital uh with guys that, to be honest with you, look, I love Robert Quinn, like you said, but I I think that Robert Quinn um was not I, I think he is a bigger 
I'm trying to think of how to wear this. He's a bigger deal this year in lo- the locker room than he is on the football field. Um, yeah. Because I think that he is that he was that leadership guy. He was that um, the older veteran. Like, honestly, the rest of the defensive ends are like 27, 24, 23. Um, so that was like the one veteran guy that was kind of, I think, holding that defensive front together. But I do think we have some vocal guys out there that could step up in that role. So we saw Roquan's reaction. Roquan was sad. I get it because I'm sure, like, between those two, they were two of the guys that have remained from last season and went through all of the crap the last two years together. Um, Not many guys on that defense have. Like, they were not there. Um, Travis, I guess, was there. But they were kind of in the thick of it the last couple years. So, for them, they went through all of that. Now we're in a season, and they probably feel like they're finally getting their flow together, and they had a good win. And then you lose, like, it's a brother, you know? Like, you lost a brother that's in your locker room, and I'm sure – it, it stinks, but I I personally think a guy like Roquan, this is his chance to step up and become that leader. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And by the way, Derek Barnett, that's his name. Barnett, I looked it okay. up. It, just, it was bothering me quite a bit that I couldn't remember his name. Uh, yeah, but yeah speaking anyways. of too, because ju- I looked it up, Justin Jones is in his fifth year. Fifth so he year. did have four years with the Chargers, and then we got him. The Chargers, yeah, yeah. that's what it was. I knew it was one of those C teams. I just didn't know which ones exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'd say overall, like Robert Quinn, pretty terrible first year with the Bears. Very disappointing. Next year... Plays a lot better mm-hmm. in a year that didn't really matter too much to us, honestly. Yeah. Person, uh, didn't matter too much just going forward with the team. And then this year he's been okay. Yeah. You know, like he's he hasn't really stacked up the sack numbers, but I do understand like this is his first year. He's had to deal with no Khalil Mack and no Akeem Hicks on the line as well. So yeah. like he definitely kind getting, of definitely getting they a lot more attention. They only played six games last year. <laughs> yeah, this is true as well. So, so I he guess was having to do it last season. Th- That's that why a lot fair. of people keep saying that of like, oh, this is going to hurt the line so much because he like he's been the one that like this year he's been having to get double teamed is what people are saying pretty Mm -hmm. much. So it's going to hurt the rest of the line. But I was like last year he had to deal with that too, because the moment that Akeem Hicks and wrote and Cleo Mack weren't there, which were more than half of the season, I was happy to Robert Quinn and he still got 18 and a half sacks. So it was just not there this year. I I agree. And I will say, I do think a little bit with the key. I mean, I don't, I know Akeem was out for an extended period of time, but I remember Khalil's stuff being more like week to week where Mm -hmm. he'd be like, oh, like he only started six games though. Yeah. But like, it was a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, like he's might play this. So like they still had to prepare for him, obviously, you know, and like think of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, yeah. So I'll just go over some of the numbers real quick because this is, um, obviously we talked a whole lot about, Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson in the off season. We've also done our episodes already on them being monsters, right? We've done yes, both, both of them. Of them. Yes. Um, and so this is something honestly you and I should be happy about because we have been advocating for more Travis and more Dominique, and now we get more of them. Oh, let's just trade Muhammad or at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what obviously no, that I feel like that'd be bad at this point. Yeah. Um, when you, when as you much as we don't love Muhammad right now, he is now the older person on that in that end group and i also am about to read some stats and you'll be honestly probably surprised at what muhammad has done to compare to like what we probably have thought well i'm excited to hear that um so for example i'm going to start with robert quinn because obviously this is kind of the comparison of what we're losing um so robert quinn let me go let me get those snap counts too because that definitely helps um when you just compare because obviously we know robert quinn and muhammad are the starters but we do know that Iberflus likes his rotation so it's not like there are guys in there. Other defenses you'd look at, you'd see these guys in there for 80, 90% of the snaps. And we don't see that with these two because Flus does like that, like the rotational group. Rather get the fresh guys in there. Yeah. And um, I one thing that I noticed with these snap counts actually very interestingly was since week one to week seven, 
Robert Quinn's snaps have progressively went down. Robert Quinn snaps went down 10% from week one to week seven. And Travis's went up from up 10% from week one to week seven. So that was just really interesting to me because I, and I, it could be a, a conspiracy theorist of like, was this intentional? Like, were they trying to, they wanted, they knew they wanted to get rid of Quinn. So they were seeing if Travis was really going to be able to hold his own and Dom was going to be able to hold his own. Or was it just coincidental that, you know, maybe Robert Quinn was getting a little tired in some of those games and they had to take him out or maybe a little banged up at some point, not like hurt because we didn't hear anything about that. But anyway, so let's just see really quick for the defense. Um, So Robert Quinn has played 63% of the snaps. Um, in those 63% of the snaps, he's had four QB hurries. Um, a QB hurry is when a quarterback obviously like throws earlier than he is intending to throw or he's chased out of bounds. Um, so he has four QB hurries. He has two knockdowns. Uh, the QB knockdowns are obviously it's when the QB hits the ground after he releases the ball. So a lot of times it's those ones where you're like, oh, that was almost a sack like a second earlier, you know. Um, but that also just means there's pressure there. So Four QB hurries, two QB knockdowns, only one sack, and that's where everyone is kind of like an intention automatically going to like, okay, where are the sacks? Where are the sacks? Um, but he had seven pressures. This is Robert Quinn. So, um, Muhammad. Muhammad, so compared to Quinn's four QB hurries, has had seven, um, which is tied second most in the league. That's surprising. Yeah. Very surprising. Um, That was one of the things that stood out for me as I was looking at some of these numbers as I was like, okay, so he's he's getting there. Um, he's not just finishing. not quite fast enough. Yeah. Um, Or maybe the lines we're playing, you know, are holding just that second longer to where like that release time once he finally gets around, you know, whatever's happening. There's a lot of things that skew into this. Um, he, he only has one QB knockdown, one sack, but he also has nine pressures. Um, so it's there with Muhammad. And so, and I also think it's increased. He also had probably one of his better games against the Cowboys. So maybe he's starting Patriots. to get, sorry, yeah. the Patriots on Monday. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's starting to get a little more comfortable with this defense and the guys around him. Um, I, I'm hoping, but those numbers were better than I was expecting before I was looking, to be honest with you. Um, but I think, like I said, we, it's easy for us to go straight to the sack numbers because that's what we like to see. Yeah. And I mean, when our quarterback stats. is getting sacked 27 times, we want to see the the other quarterbacks getting sacked. Um, but here's where I want to compare the big the big time numbers. So Travis Gibson, like I said, Robert Quinn played 63% of the snaps. Travis Gibson has played 44% of the snaps. So almost 20% less snaps. And Travis has the same amount of QB hurries, four QB hurries, two more knockdowns than Robert Quinn, has four total knockdowns, has two sacks, so double his sacks. Um, and also has 10 pressures, so three more pressures, and 20% less snaps. Hey, I've been banging on the Travis Gibson drum since well before the season started, yeah. and I think he should have been out there since day one over Muhammad. So it, him, it's, or Robert Quinn getting traded is only good for him. I, and I, I know think it, so too. It's terrible that he loses that um, leader in the locker room presence, mm-hmm. and it's obviously he probably has helped him so much just becoming a better pass rusher, but yeah. like, He's going to get way more opportunity, and same thing with Dom, and I'm mm-hmm. excited for that. Yeah, because we talked about in our Travis and our Dominique Robinson episode how much um, uh, they got things from Robert, like certain moves they would do and all the technical terms I can't remember right now, but um, slap face, chop block, or I don't remember. It was yeah. like that weird slap drunk. I don't remember. I said I like made a joke about it sounding like something that happens in like a bar fight. Um, cross face 
dang it, I'm right there. Um, something like that. They get that from Robert Quinn. So they have learned things from Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn has taught them things and technique about being in that end position. And that's why I also think it was a good, the, Ryan Poles handled it perfectly because he got compensation, but he got seven weeks out of Robert Quinn to teach Travis and Dominique technique and some leadership things and just be that mentor guy for seven weeks we got out of Robert Quinn. And I think that's like best possible case scenario because obviously you can't say like Robert Quinn's a veteran and he's been in this league a long time and he's competed against all every, all the best offensive linemen that you can name. Um, so it's really good. But obviously uh, I, I want to hit a break in a minute, but then we're going to talk about some of the other guys. But I do want to mention Dom's. Dominique Robinson has had, let's try to find his, uh, 30% of the snaps. So he's been about 14% less than uh, Travis Gibson has. I almost said Deshaun Gibson. (laughs) Uh, Travis Gibson. But he has two QB hurries, um, zero knockdowns, one and a half sacks, and four pressures. So his numbers aren't as appealing as maybe some of the other guys. But you also have to remember he's only been in 30% of the time. Um, Also a rookie. yeah, Yeah. And he's a young guy. But... I I still have think Dominique Robinson has been such a like every time I feel like I'm looking I find, when I'm watching a game and something big is happening around the quarterback I see Travis or Dominique in that play like yeah. almost every single time. Um, I think he also blocked that one punt. I'm pretty sure that everyone thought Kyler blocked, but mm-hmm. I actually think Dom was the one that got a hand out of too. So I mean he's just a, he's a disruptor no matter where he is. Yeah. So. And one of the interesting things too, Dylan, is we talk about sacks. So Quinn had a, has had a sack. Muhammad's had a sack. Travis has had two. Dominique has had one and a half. When I say these other names who have had some of the sacks on the Bears, it's just funny to me. Um, Justin Jones has had two. Uh, Roquan has had two, in addition to five pressure, five pressures, QB pressures, and Brisker's had two. So, like, our safety and our middle linebacker and one of the defensive linemen are putting up just as many sack numbers as our defensive ends right now. Um, but that's fine to me because, to me, it seems like you can't predict that. Like, you can't predict when – there's five different guys on a line or in a defense that are going to come after you and sack you. Yeah, I say I'm definitely okay with it for the time being, mm-hmm. you know, and I definitely do think that, like, our pass rush, I think, is a pretty—I don't want to say weakness in our defense, mm-hmm. but it's something we need to get better at. For I sure. definitely think the middle of our line is a lot more of a weakness in the pass rush at the moment, but getting to the quarterback in today's NFL is the most important thing you can do, yeah. and— Having two sacks at this point in the season for a guy like Travis is good, and like mm. he definitely could, could have been in there more. But like, if he two sacks is their leading sack getter at this point, that's not high enough. Yeah. It should be higher. And we're not a good team right now. And like, well, hopefully we are a good team. We are getting a guy that's got like five, six sacks right now. That's mm-hmm. something ideal. So like Khalil Mack. Yes, someone like Khalil Mack, for <laughs> example. So I mean, it's something that I, it's encouraging to see the signs, and I'm going to be really interested to see how the guys react getting more snaps out there. So it'll be fun. I agree. Um, all right, so let's take a little break. A uh, real short break, and then we'll get to some of the other guys that have stood out to us this season so far. All right, so we just went through the defensive line um, because Robert Quinn got traded. And both of us seem like we're pleased with it. We're excited to see Travis. We're excited to see some more Dominique Robinson. Um, there is the other young guy that now I'm blanking on. That the just Bears, pulled him up. Yeah. yeah, the Bears got from the Bills, I believe. Um, and I guess we'll start seeing some of him now because of Eberflus's rotational likes, but I'm thinking it'll be just a whole lot of those three guys, um, Dom Trev and Muhammad, but Kingsley Jonathan is his name. Uh, but anyways, let's move on to some of the other guys, Dylan. So if you could name 
the first guy that came off, comes off the top of your head that you are most impressed with this season so far, who would you say? So I think that's a tough question. Um, so I kind of want to give it two answers. The guy who's impressed me the most so far, just from the jump, is Jaquan Brisker. Mm-hmm. He has definitely been the biggest force on this defensive rookie class, without a doubt. He kind of makes his presence felt everywhere, whether it's getting sacks, getting picks, just absolutely laying guys out in the middle of the field. But I think the guy who has impressed me the most, especially in which the way they've gotten better and grown, is Kyler Gordon. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because early in the season, Kyler Gordon was bad, mm-hmm. not good. And he's played a lot better recently. Is he playing like a stud shutdown corner? No. Mm-hmm. But like he's not supposed to be that yet. And like yeah. each week he's gotten better. And being a rookie corner next to a really good corner like Jalen Johnson is tough because yeah. they're going to attack, attack, attack. And that's what happened. And obviously he took his, he took his shots. You know, he wasn't the best for a couple of weeks, but now he's got a pick. He's been playing a lot better recently, and I'm excited to see what we can get. I'm excited to see what we can get from him going forward. I agree. I, I think that those are two names that obviously would pop up to me um, for the most impressive. And that's obviously those are two rookie guys, so that's even more impressive. Um, we talk about in total guys in their first contracts, and I think one for me. I wouldn't be able to make it through this episode without talking about Tevin Jenkins because he's just been, to me, just incredible. And I think every week he's getting better. Um, and it was a mess during the offseason. Like, we didn't know if Tevin Jenkins was going to be on the Bears at I one point. I thought he was gone. Yeah, like, it. we literally, I, I personally didn't think he was gone, but the world, the majority of the Bears world were like, there's no way. Like, they're trading him. He's gone. We don't need him. Like, he's going to be a backup. They move him to right guard, and it's just been like he's picked up on this right guard position so quickly. And he – I mean, yeah, right guard. And he's been probably our best, most consistent offensive lineman this season. Um, It's just so much fun to watch him right now. There was during the – during the – I keep wanting to say Cowboys. Um, During the Patriots game, they – there was one point where the guy jumps up to block Justin Fields' pass. Mm -hmm. And – uh, he literally, Tevin, like, lifts him up and, like, slams this guy on the ground. And, like, all I've seen all week is, like, this Tevin Jenkins need to teach lessons on how to, like, not try to bat balls uh, down. And I just, just things like that. He's doing constantly now, and it's beautiful. And I think that uh, there's a lot of issues on this offensive line. Obviously, when your quarterback's been sacked almost 30 times in seven weeks, your offensive line is not playing how they should play. Um, but I do not think that any – or at least the majority of that is on Tevin. So I don't know all of the like offensive line numbers of what everything means. But um, one of the things I did see was he's third for offensive guards and points earned. He's fourth, in, and this is like all, like not rookies, third in all offensive guards for points earned a snap. He's fourth for all offensive guards and points above average. He hasn't allowed a sack, and he's only allowed six pressures in, in six. This was through six weeks. Um he had probably his best game in week six. And so it's just so fun to see that for me. And especially because, like I said, it was just such a disaster. In the yeah, you're, I mean, you're totally right. And like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Kyle Fuller, Kyle, Kyle Fuller situation that happened a couple of years ago where it seemed like he was going to get cut mm-hmm. and he ended up turning into an all-star and all-star, yeah. all-pro uh, yeah. cornerback. So it's not just because things look bad at the moment doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Yeah. And someone else I actually wanted to get a little quick shout out to because we kind of both didn't really do any skill positions on offense. Mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. He is someone who I think name I was going to say for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like he's someone that I didn't really think. Well, I'm not saying I didn't expect him to be like 
as good as he's been right so far this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's averaging like six yards a carry at this point. Yeah. He is very dynamic. He's when he gets in open space, he's a lot of fun to watch and he gives us an awesome dynamic duo in the backfield. And I think next to guys like Aaron Jones and uh um AJ Dillon, I can't really think of anyone better in terms of a backfield right now in the yeah. NFL, which is and I it don't says a think lot. they're better personally. Personally, I don't I think, think right they now they are better. Yeah. We have a ton more rushing yards than the Packers right now, like a ton. I think that's more just because they don't want to commit to the run, and that's Aaron. I think that's Aaron Rodgers' fault personally. I think he's just a big baby, wants to throw the ball, but the receivers I just, suck. But when I just they committed to the run, they ran over us. We're that we're the only team they've been able to do that against, though, yeah. and our run defense has been terrible. Other than that, they have not been able to run. Like yeah. it's really interesting to me because I thought they were. Like I have. AJ Dillon in one of my fantasy leagues and he's done diddly squat for me. Um, I think that we were the we're literally when you look at their numbers, both of their like highest yards all season. And yeah. it's just I don't I think Cleo Herbert and David Montgomery are better than them. Not saying like forever in life. I just think that right now through seven weeks of football consistently, David and Cleo have played better than them. I will say with you that I do agree with you that they have played better statistically, but I do think it's more like I don't think they're getting as many carries as they were that week and Personally, I think it's Aaron Rodgers' fault, but like yeah. I want to blame everything on him, so I'm not, you know. Yeah, and it's whatever. I, I don't know. I I would have to go and look and see like who, like how many carries and whatever each of them have got. Yeah, but I yeah, think it was I the think... only loss to the Commanders. I think Aaron Jones touched the ball like seven times. So like that's just you can't have that. Yeah, so. yeah, and that I mean whatever. The Packers suck right now, and it's really fun to watch. So I'm not feeling bad for them. Um, but I think that if they were, like I I feel like if. The Packers thought they were like this all-time threatening duo. They wouldn't. They would just figure out a way. They beat the Bears doing that. So you would think they would carry that on for some reason in their heads. They are not confident. It's almost like they have a, a diva quarterback that demands yeah. to be involved in the offense and wants and to throw the ball. And then calls out his receivers and all and of the people that goes on a podcast and says his teammates need to deserve to play less. Like, <laughs> he's such a. He is. Just, I'm so honestly, happy. He's. I had to hate him as this much is as I do. Just, I hope this is the support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Downfall, because the way, if this is how Aaron Rodgers goes out, like Packers fans are pissed at him right now, and it's beautiful. Like Packers Twitter, I have never seen a hot mess, other than maybe the like week when there was the rumors that he was going to like, I think I want to say it was like around the draft and it was all of a sudden like he might not come back and all of those rumors came back and that's when the Broncos didn't draft Justin Fields because they were like oh Aaron Rodgers is going to be available so thank you Aaron because we got Justin because you wanted to play a little game during uh, draft week yeah but 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. Even when you look at another name, obviously David Montgomery. David Montgomery is in a rook. I mean, in a contract year, and so he's been playing. He's so much fun to watch. There was just the the run last week, and he does this constantly. But it was like behind the line of scrimmage, and he's like twisting, turning, pulling. And gets like seven yards. Yeah. I don't think David Montgomery ever his entire life has gone down on the first hit. I mean, it's truly yeah. incredible. I mean, there was that one run where it was like Joe Buck's like, oh, he's down. Oh, wait, he's still. No, he's Never down. Mind. No, he's still going. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. And it's just like you think he's about to go down. He just keeps trucking and trucking and trucking. So like, yeah, it's just beautiful. So it's what's crazy to me, Dylan, is when we look at this and we say uh, we could truly go through and say all of the people that have impacted the Bears in a positive way this season and I'm not sure that maybe three are not in their first contracts. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't think anyone outside of, I think Eddie Jackson is really what I consider someone to be a, a big contributor to this yeah. team that isn't like a young player. Yeah. So is it's he, a very like, young I team. Would, I would personally say Justin Jones. He's been super impactful. And as I was looking at his numbers, I realized how impactful he's actually been mm-hmm. um, on the defensive line. Granted, our like our defensive line against the run is terrible. Um, but he's getting to the quarterback. He's a cre- creating pass rush, and he's not even on the ends. But he, uh, and he's in his fi- the fifth year, year, obviously. So like, but like that's just saw. outside so, of it. So yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, him and Eddie. I mean, truly, all I could really think about because when you go through um, wide receivers, Donald Mooney is starting to pick up too. He's young. Uh, we haven't had Cole Komet. We're still waiting. Cole Komet. Still waiting. Still waiting. I'm really bummed about how that. I guess that's the one person I could say I'm most bummed about. I would have to agree with you. He was during the off or preseason. Uh, he was hyped up. It's like the Cole Komet, Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Watch out. He's this is going to break out. And he hasn't done anything. Yeah. He's had a he's had a couple catches. He had that one catch on Monday where he like really rushed to try and get make sure they snap mm-hmm. the ball. But other than that, like he's done. Diddly squad this yeah. year. And it's been very disappointing, honestly. It really has. And it's just, obviously, we have guys like Equinemius who are a little older. Um, he, it, we've seen some things. Flashes. But yeah, it's been nothing crazy. To be honest, like our passing game in general, outside of Darnell Mooney, hasn't been much to me at all. But we did start seeing some really Darnell stuff the last couple games. Um, oh, we're sticking on the receivers and someone a little bit disappointing, Valus. Yeah. At this point, and yeah, I think I mean, a lot of the more of that is just injury. Two muffed punts right away. Yeah, and, and then hurts. like he was supposed to be like the punt return guy, and yeah. then goes out there and messes up. And so yeah. I don't think he's like long term not a punt returner anymore. But I think he's probably going to be not doing it as much because you saw the last yeah. week. And hopefully he can get more involved with the offense and actually be a player on that side of the ball. And then they see him play well there, and maybe like oh let's throw back out on punt, re- punt return. But yeah. I don't well, know. and I think that so Dante Pettis started punt returning when because they are like Vailhush, you keep muffing the punt. He played really well. He I think dropped one. I remember at one point during that Patriots game, but got it quickly, didn't lose it. Um, and then I th- still think got like ten yards or something. But he looked a lot better returning punts to me. He we've seen him a little bit in the offensive side of things. So it's been interesting to watch Dante Pettis because he's like he's been there. Um, he's been. I've had so many games where I've just been like, I hate this guy, but also so many games where it's been like, he's doing a lot better than pretty, I thought he, he would be. Yeah. So like, hats off to him, but like also like, yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think that yeah. we. I think he had a touch. He had against the Washington. Against Washington, he had a touchdown and then almost had the winning touchdown if it wasn't for the pass. Uh, the pass interference that, that was wasn't not called. called yeah um so but he's there even this last game i remember there was moments of pettis where i was like all right dante pettis again like honestly heck? something i'm thinking about is was it really any big drops at all this last game I like i can't even so. think of any which and is like, probably the first time all season yeah and there's been that's been a big problem for the bears so far this yeah. season is like 
Justin's been struggling all game to finally find an open guy. And then yeah. he does and then drops the and ball. And then it's, yeah. And yeah. it'll be like on a, a like great pass where we're like, oh, yes, finally, first down and then drop. But they converted 11 of 18 third downs this Unbelievable. last week. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was uh, just one thing of. after another. Unheard of. Um, a few of the other numbers I want to go through, and it's all names that we just talked about, um, except for one, actually, Braxton Jones. So Braxton Jones started this season um, – like the the beginning of the year, right away, people were like, okay, this guy's going to be really good. He had a bit of a downfall and a lapse in between. And I started hearing a lot of people being critical of Braxton. Um, and we're just saying like, okay, is it time to worry? Is it time to try to shuffle this line and move Braxton around? Braxton probably had his most efficient game in week seven. Um, he was the best left tackle statistically across the board in week seven. We're not just talking um, young players either. Or no, like everybody. Yeah. Points earned, points above average, um, points above replacement, and uh, the blown blocks. Had, didn't allow a, sing a single blown block. He was first in every other of those other categories. Um, he's definitely way better at run blocking than pass blocking, so hopefully that's something that he can fix. He even commented on uh, most recently in a press, press conference on his own. I think it was a presser. Um, that he needs to get stronger in his lower body. And he mm -hmm. said that's where the issue is arising. And he's like, when he's watching film, he's noticing these guys able to just move them. And it's not up here. It's not his top. It's not like that he doesn't have the muscles up top. It's that his legs and his lower body are not strong enough is what he's saying. Yeah, and I think it's more of an off-season thing, personally. Like, yeah. you, you, get, you can get stronger during the year. But yeah. when you really train your body, that's the off-season. And, that's, and what that's what he said. Yeah. He was like, it's not something that I can do in, like, these next 10 games um, but it's something that I know mentally now I need to fix and I can get better. Well, I do actually have a little bit of breaking news oh, gosh. that uh, is going to be positive for okay. Braxton Jones, I would say. Uh, Micah Parsons was limited today in practice <gasps> with a shoulder injury. Oh, gosh. So, if they don't have Micah. That's a big Maybe that's we'll big. only have three sacks on Justin <laughs> Fields. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, he still played and he was limited, but yeah. limited is better than playing fully so i'll take it yeah there's a little banged up there i'll take it from michael parsons because he is unbelievable oh my god yeah um yeah so there's a lot of mobility with braxton did you see that's another thing we can point to in this patriots game the i initially thought he like missed a block but it was the kind of little like shuffle like the weird kind of shuffle pass that justin ended up switching and throw get got to khalil and khalil Got a touchdown on that play. You remember it was the like one the one where week. he got like sandwiched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Fields, I thought Braxton just like completely missed the block at first, but mm -hmm. then you see him going upfield and he made a huge block for Khalil, which ended up leading for the touchdown. So just Braxton starting to realize things like this, and that's just awareness, and you don't usually see that from rookies. Like he's a rookie left tackle. Like yeah. they drafted this guy not expecting them to need a starting tackle left tackle this year. Like they were like, okay, Braxton will be kind of like a floating tackle. He'll be a backup left tackle, and then we'll get him in next year. But instead, he had to be. He had to come out. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Another one, both names you mentioned, Dylan, was uh, Jaquan Brisker, obviously. Love There's a Jaquan. couple numbers. Um, 227 coverage snaps by Jaquan Brisker. He's only allowed 77 yards. He's been awesome. 77. 77 yards and a 45.3 passer rating allowed, lowest among all rookie safeties. Um, he has one interception, one pass defended, two sacks, 42 tackles, three tackles for loss, and two QB hits. I mean, that's just stuff in the stat sheet. Like, like that's the as that's what you want from a oh strong safety. He's supposed to be a guy that can do everything, and mm -hmm. he does. Yeah, and I I think we just mentioned too when well I, I know we talked about it when we did the Jaquan Brisker episode, and I was like, 
He's getting an interception. I feel it. Like, I know it's coming. He talked to the coach and said that, like, he was mad because his hand was messed up and he couldn't, like, grip on tackles and couldn't get interceptions. And it's coming. Like, he's healthy now. We're going to get one. And we got one. And an incredible one, by the way. Very, very impressive. <laughs> the leap was massive. Um, it was a good read. Everything we needed to happen. It was right after uh, Mac was a little punk. Yeah. So that was fun. Got um, back a little bit. So it's yes. him out of the game. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah. Thanks, Jaquan. Um, even though I was honestly like, oh, God, now Bailey Zappi's going to come in. I don't want Bailey Zappi to come yeah, in. Yeah, it was funny. I, I had this tweet that I was just like, oh, yeah, I, I feel bad for Mac Jones, guys. Like, if it would be the right thing, just put him back in the game. Because yeah. it was right after Bailey Zappi threw that, t- well, not touchdown, but pretty much touchdown to Devontae yeah. Parker. So it was it was a tough start, but we figured it out. Oh, we were we okay. We so. definitely figured it out. Yeah. And that was probably one of the first. Well, I'll be, I I told you the other day, we've only allowed two touchdowns in the second half. The second half games. bears. Two, and one of them was the muffed punt that Velas had that was literally on like the five-yard line or something. Yeah. So who's not going to score when you give them the ball in the five? It's really hard to not score at that point. So technically just like one touchdown the defense has really given up in the entire second half. That's 14 quarters of football. Yeah, and like most weeks I would say like, oh, well, they do in the first half. But the first half this week was pretty good. You had the second quarter where things weren't necessarily going the way you wanted to, but like you're not going to dominate all four quarters yeah. in the game. And like if you can dominate all three, three quarters, you're going to be fine. So they For did sure. that and we were good. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So another one, um, Kyler Gordon. And you mentioned Kyler Gordon's rough start. Um, there were a lot of people in those first few weeks that were like, Ryan Pole sucks. I can't believe he got Kyler Gordon over George Pickens George was a big Pickens. one. Yeah. George Pickens has like 60 yards on the season or something and has one touchdown. And yeah. or like, I, what is his numbers? Honestly? Yeah. I, okay. I will say, I think George Pickens is a little bit unfairly judged by his current numbers because his quarterback play has not been the best to this point but when he is making catches they're very impressive i yeah. will say but I I'm, just, not, like, I'm not mad we didn't draft it just him. it like so far to me it's just been like a few like highlight reel catches and that's it like, but, like he's a, he's young he's a rookie like yeah. those are the things you want to see but, like, i just yeah. don't like to me it's just weird to me to like sit there and be like talk about ryan poles making massive mistakes over a guy who has one touchdown and he has he has 338 yards on 40 targets. So he has 26 receptions in seven games. Yeah. Um, 338 yards, but only a touchdown. I mean, and, he's been solid, but like I do think yeah. it's more as his quarterback plays and very inconsistent so far. Like so. pretty much a touch, one touchdown. Like Roquan has the same amount of touchdowns as George Pickens. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I am very happy with the way Kyle has been playing, so I am not mad about yeah. the George Pickens thing right now. Um, so. I just. I just kind of do it jokingly because that was like the thing after the first three weeks. And I was like, relax, because just calm down for a second. He had the one big catch and everyone's like, what are we doing? Yeah. It was such a mistake. Ironically enough from Mitch. So Yeah. Yeah, I know. But so Kyler Gordon has one interception, four passes defended, one forced fumble, 37 tackles, one tackle for loss. Here's the crazy numbers to me, Dylan. For weeks one through three. Kyler Gordon allowed 317 yards and 155.8 passer rating. In the last three weeks, in weeks four to six, he's only allowed 84 yards and 88 passer rating. So literally he went from allowing 317 to 84. Not to mention, that's when Jalen Johnson's not playing. So yeah. he, is, he is our technically our number one guy. Yeah. I mean, him and Kendall, I think, him are pretty similar at this point. Yeah. Um, but he's really stepped up when he's had to. And I've been very impressed with the way he's gotten better. And like, it would have been very easy for him to be like, damn, this is hard. Yeah. I might, I might be bad at this. And yeah. he w- it wasn't like that. He got better. He stuck to it. And 
He made his mistakes, he took his lickings, and like he's looking a lot better now. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Kyler Gordon is now a finished product. Yeah. He's no, gonna no, be no. great by any means, but like this has been a very encouraging last couple of weeks. And oh, if you sure. can keep doing this, I'm excited. Yeah, because Kyler Gordon's played ninety five percent of the snaps. Um Kendall Vildor eighty two percent of the snaps. And Jalen Johnson, uh what is this breaking down? I'm trying to see exactly fifteen percent. Trying to see because this is off the Windy City Gridiron, like the official stat numbers. So I just want to make sure I'm yeah. reading this right. And honestly, mentioned Kenneth Bolo really quick. He's been very good this year, especially considering we're affecting out of him. So yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I feel bad. I made a Twitter national apology to Kendall Vildor because <laughs> I was, I bashed him and I bashed him really hard last year too, kind of forgetting that he was a rookie. Yeah. Like, I think because I was just so mad that we didn't have Kyle Fuller and I was so mad at Matt Nagy and everything he was doing and I wanted to see Thomas Graham in because when I did see Thomas Graham in, he was playing well and Kendall Vilder was getting burned like he was last year. That was just the bottom line. But just like Kyler Gordon went through in the beginning of this season, it takes a minute for these corners. That, that, that defensive back position, I've talked to many coaches and they say it's the hardest to go from college to NFL because it's just – I mean, every receiver you're facing runs a 4-4 or 4-5, and it's just absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah, I mean, every receiver you're facing would, would have been, like, the best receiver you're facing, facing in college yeah, every yeah. week. It's insane. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that is just a little glimpse of some of these young guys that yeah. we've got to watch this season, what we have lo- to look forward to um, for. Well, actually, I was going to say, I do have one kind of big question before we wrap things up here. Yeah. Justin Fields, mm-hmm. to this point in the season, how do you feel? Um, I, I like, I, Justin is our guy and I have not flinched on that. Um, I think that Justin has improvements to make. I think that Justin holds onto the ball way too long in certain times. And I'm not saying there's guys sitting there wide open, but as an NFL quarterback, you have to start figuring out at some point to get rid of the ball. Like you have to, he's taking too many sacks. I want to say at this point, I know it was nine and a half. Last time I looked, nine and a half of the sacks were on him. Like yeah. him personally, nine and a half sacks on himself. And that's all judgment because some the people that tally these things count different things. Um, but that's too many. You cannot, as a quarterback, allow yourself to get sacked nine, ten times in seven games because you can't get rid of the ball. Um, but to me, that's my one big concern and I think that's a very fixable thing I think number one it's fixable when you get receivers that you trust and you start making connection with and things start fixing and they're scheming around you um we saw it less on Monday and we saw it less on Monday because they were doing things that he was comfortable with yeah and I I honestly very much agree with everything you said there um it's funny I I'm someone who I'll admit like I can't I, believe I was about to end this and we didn't even talk oh yeah I was gonna say I was like I was like wait one sec really quick we gotta talk about Justin but I was just like I'm someone who I think definitely gives Justin a lot of rope in terms of, or a lot of slack in terms of, you know, like making excuses for him. But the one thing that I definitely have always been very vocal about is him taking too many sacks and mm-hmm. not getting rid of the ball. And like, I'll text you even like every yeah, game. Like, why is he I was still like, holding the ball? Because there's one play specifically. I don't remember exactly where it, when it was in the game, but like there was like three guys around him and he was just running in circles mm-hmm. by the sideline. And it's just like, yeah, maybe you might find someone and get a couple yards. But this on Monday? Yes. Yeah. And it's I, just, that was the one where um, Mustafer was lost. Yeah. And it was like, you might find someone and get a couple yards, but like at the end of the day, it's just like, save your body, save the ball. And like, don't risk the sack. Don't risk the fumble. And like his ball security also needs to get a lot better. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's, 
I think he's had like six fumbles or seven fumbles this year, and only one's gotten turned over. Yeah, so he's he, lucky. He need yeah. one out of his own hands the other day. Running. Yeah, and so he's got to get better at that. But like overall, like you see the flashes, you yeah. see the running, you see the arm, and you're just like, wow. Like you see the guys love him. Yeah, you can see these guys rally around Justin Fields, and that's not just the receivers. That's the offensive line. That's the defense running up to him after they I mean, score a it's touchdown. It's important to have a likable guy at quarterback. As yeah. dumb as that sounds, like look what's happening in Green Bay. Look what's happening in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Like supposedly they don't like him down there, and like having someone that you can rally around is so important. Yeah, and he's not only someone that's like fun to watch play, but like when he loses, he gets pissed. Yeah, he's so tough. He takes all the. He's been getting his ass kicked all mm-hmm. year. Barely missed any games. I mean, not any games, any snaps. Mm-hmm. And I don't oh, think I don't think Trevor Simmons thrown a ball. I was looking yeah, at the I think snap he got, count. I think it. he got in like once or twice. I, don't I feel think like so. Didn't he? I think that he. I it was sworn. when Justin got hit, and he was like on the sideline, and he threw an interception. I think, and they had Simeon warming up, and Justin was going to go in, but yeah. then he ended up being like he ended but up. But even being even right. still, if it was, yeah. it was like one or two one, snaps. Yeah. Exactly, and so like he just he's a badass. Yeah, no other way to he's put so it. He's so tough, yeah. and that's one thing. Everybody after, especially the Washington game, everybody here at ten ten was like. Dang, like I feel bad for your quarterback because he's getting wrecked, but also like he is one of the toughest people I've ever seen in my entire life, and like that is awesome. Yeah, and like he definitely still doesn't make a lot. He still makes a lot of mistakes, and like he'll still will occasionally like overthrow a guy when he's mm-hmm. open, and like those things. But like I do think the things he's not doing well right now are things that are correctable, and like yeah. the things that you can't really teach, like the athleticism, the arm, mm-hmm. all those things. I think he has, yeah. and he's someone that I genuinely believe wants to win more than anything and is willing to put the work in to get there. So I love him and I'm ready to keep going. I know. And I think that when uh, you're seeing him get better at like keeping his eyes downfield and reading, because a lot of the issues we had early on were that if like his first read wasn't there, he would just kind of panic and either run or start scrambling or whatever. It may be like just something you do not want to see. And lately, I noticed it a lot these last couple games, even in Washington. Unfortunately, we got to the red zone and things shut down, but he drove us down the field. We got in the red zone four times during that game. And so he was getting there. We were, He was moving the ball and doing things that were positive. It was just once we got there, it was just nothing. Um, but we see him a lot now. Like if that first read he wants to go to isn't there, he will make adjustments and start looking and seeing what's around. And that's one of the things that a lot of people are complimenting him on. I literally like, refresh my Twitter and the first thing that comes up is Emmanuel Acho. That's Acho, is that how you say it? Yeah, I hate um, him, but we continue. Yeah, he is breaking down that film and he's like, Justin Fields can be a star player. We thought he could if he keeps doing this. And he's breaking down the one Justin runs where he goes through the gap. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, Fun. And we came into this season saying we want development. We want progress. We want to see Justin getting better. We want to see these rookies making getting better. And I think we are. We've seen Braxton get better. We've seen Kyler get better. We've seen Jaquan play great. Jalen's still playing great. We're seeing Darnell be Darnell that we know he could be. Would we love some more touchdowns from Darnell? Yes, but I think that Darnell has been a playmaker. Um, we're seeing Justin getting better. We're seeing Khalil Herbert get even better. We're seeing David Montgomery do David Montgomery things. Uh, we're seeing Roquan get, be Roquan. Um, we're seeing Travis be now going to be the starting defensive end, and he's had good, you know, good see good games and really good spouts of just like, okay, this guy could be pretty scary. Um, those are all guys that like are. In their fourth, in their under under four year contracts, like it's absolutely insane to think about how many of these guys that we talk about that are making this Bears team better that are twenty four years old, twenty five yeah. years old. I mean, I totally agree with you on all that, and I think something else that's really important to look at is 
this team has not regressed. Yeah. They definitely have had a lot of moments this season where things were looking bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty downright terrible at points. Yeah. But this whole year, they've really worked on getting better at the things they've struggled with. Mm-hmm. And early in the year, I do remember like the passing was a big problem and it didn't really feel like it was getting addressed. That's changed. Yeah. And like even this last this last week, Luke Getze to this point was frustrating the hell out of me. I had been telling you, like, I don't know if he's the guy. Because, yeah. like, he had not been doing a very good job. Mm-hmm. This last week impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. And it's not just the players. It's the coaching staff. It's mm-hmm. the whole organization. And I'm really excited going forward. Me too. I mean, we got literally the first ever win in, in Foxborough. Crazy. First ever win Crazy. in Foxborough comes from Matt Eberflus-led Chicago Bears in 2022. Um, I'm drinking all the flus juice. Flus, yeah. I We had a... A podcast that I sat on. Actually, I think it was with Jeff on Windy City before I was doing this podcast. And one of the girls, Stacy, was on there. And Stacy said, uh, "We're going by." I think it was Stacy, or maybe it was Brenda on Twitter. She's one of the other ones that kind of follow everybody. A big Bears fan, but she was like, "You can call us floozies." <laughs> and I was like, "That's good. That's kind of funny." Um, but yeah, so now we have. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys coming up. This is a very scary defense. Like you said, Michael Parsons is limited. So that'll be interesting to see what kind of comes out of that because uh, with Michael Parsons, they're terrifying. Without Michael pa- Parsons, they're still scary. Yeah. But Michael Parsons just takes it to that next level. Um, I feel like Bears have not had an easy path with it when it comes to defenses. Like, I mean, when you look Niners, Packers, Washington, we've got Dallas, um, Packers, like – some of the toughest defenses in the league we've had to play in the first seven weeks. Giants, I, I don't know. I don't remember. That game was just so it was, atrocious. I, I, can't, mean, I can't remember much about their defense. Yeah. Um. But obviously we couldn't score, so that that was that. But they haven't had an easy path through these defenses, and now we have the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Um. That's scary, and that's hard. Uh, plus, Dak Prescott's back. And I did see Zeke's not playing or banged up he or something, is, but Tony Pollard I like better, yeah. so I'm honestly more scared of <laughs> Pollard than I am Zeke. But do what you did last week. Yeah. Do what you did last week and let Justin have these Lamar-type plays. Let Khalil and David go off. Get those first, those easy first downs with Equinemius and Nikhil right over the line. Get it down to Darnell. Um but just do what worked because at this point we saw it could. Now they're going to be able to see that a little bit. Dallas is watching the film on Patriots and how we whooped their butt, and they're like, okay, well, we can't let Justin do this. So they're going to do everything in their power to not let Justin run the way Justin ran last week. So that's going to be interesting. The defense has a big test, first game without Robert Quinn. Um, so Travis right away going against a, a Dallas team whose offense and defense is really good. But well, honestly, their offensive line is not the best. It oh, it's not? Been. Honestly, okay. the, especially the way it's been in the past, like it has not been that good this okay. year. So. Well, that's good to know. Let's take yeah. advantage of that, get some pass rush, get some sacks, um, get that sack total a little higher than it's been. Maybe go ahead and notch like two for Trev and two for Adam and two for Muhammad. You know, get six let's sacks. Make it, let's game. make it five apiece. You know, let's set <laughs> records. I'm okay with it. But anyways, um, that is our Making Monsters for today. So it's a little bit about all of the monsters on the Chicago Bears right now. We have a big episode coming next week. It should be out Tuesday, I believe. We're just, uh, we have a big guest that's coming on to talk about all of, one of all of our favorite players on the Chicago Bears. And um, so look forward to that next week. But until then, uh, I hope this brought a little bit of light and some optimism and some fun things to look at because there are a lot of really positives happening on the Bears right now in the in the world of the young guys so 
This is Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan, and we will catch you guys next week. See you then.